0: Sorting Facts by Susan Howe, part six through 10, six, I showed views of Russia, Moscow, the Kremlin, the coronation, and some scenes of France. The Tsar professed great interest and asked many questions concerning the mechanism. I explained and offered him a fragment of film. He held it up to the light, looking through it, and passed the the strip from hand to hand. He thanked me and wished me success with the Lumiere invention in Russia. Felix Mesquiche, 1897. 1962, Ivan's childhood opens. Before the credits, with the solitary song of an unseen bird, and a child's sunlit peacetime dream image of a woman, his mother, smiling. The film, based on Ivan, a popular wartime short story by Vladimir Bogomolov, had been poorly produced at the Moss Film Studios when Andrei Tarkovsky, only recently graduated from the Institute of Cinematography, remade it. I am simply in love with the subject. I was his age when the war began. His situation is that of my generation. He later wrote, he took the visual dream imagery for Ivan's first dream from one of his own early memories of summer in the Ukraine by the Nipper River before World War II. We see Ivan's face behind a spider web between the branches of a tree. Ivan sees a butterfly and follows it. The camera sweeps and pans over the forest over the sandy bank of a river. His mother comes into view, carrying a pail of water from the well. He runs to meet her. She sets the pail down. He dips his face in the water to get cool. Mum, there's a cuckoo, he tells her. She raises her arm over her forehead, as if to wipe away sweat, and listens with him. Her loving expression is the essence, the very play of happiness. No voiceover settles linear sequentiality, though sounds do refer to what we see. In a standard pastoral fusion of music, bird songs and running water, Ivan's high boyish laughter, repeated and repeated acts as a pivot. Speech represents logical human contact. In Ivan's childhood, spontaneous acoustic signals of delight are hints of imminent reversal. Laughter uncannily suggests a coming breach. Ivan's image of happiness has no black leader for shelter. More than 20 million Russians died between 1941 and 1945. Some of the worst fighting of the war took place in the Ukraine between the Nister and the Dnepr. Ivan was only dreaming. His mother's happy pre-war expression cuts to terror. This look wakes him up. Now it is outside, inside, freezing, winter, cramped shelter. Now is brute fact. Now he is dressed in a ragged padded jacket and cap. He is hiding in a shed or ruin, then slogging through a swamp. Through blackened stumps and thickets. He has no mother. Death outstripped her life and will cut his memory out soon. In wartime, she is foreign to representation. She only returns in dreams. When her son stops sleeping, she will leave no trace. In Bagamalov's story, Lieutenant Galsif is Ivan's witness. Nikolai Beliaev, then a schoolboy in Moscow, acts the role of the skinny 12-year-old orphaned reconnaissance scout. Many actors made screen tests for the part. Tarkovsky later wrote, I had noticed Koya, the future Ivan, when I was still a student. It is no exaggeration to say that my acquaintance with him decided my attitude to the filming. The director doesn't explain what he means by this. The young actor who plays Goltsev reminds me of David, who was only 23 during the time he was a second lieutenant. In La Jetty, the boy who may become the man marked by a memory from childhood may or may not be an actor. The three blonde children in San Soleil are three blonde children living in Iceland. According to the voiceover spoken by a woman, the cameraman, who may or may not have been Marker, wasn't shooting a film at the time. He captured their images while on his travels because they represented for him the image of happiness. Footage of black volcanic ash covering their village near the end of the film was shot later by another documentarist. Still later, Saint semi-fictional narrator-cinematographer-correspondent tells a semi-fictional feminine voiceover. History advances, plugging its memory as one plugs one's ears. A moment stopped would burn like a flame of film blocked before the furnace of the projector. Seven. In the middle of this warm pre-war Sunday, where he could now stay, Chris Marker, L'Ageti Yesterday words could come between the distance Frame light, for example All living draw near Knowing no data, no something, then something No never and no opposite, occident, orient Film with jumps and quick cuts Dissolves and slide effects Real chalk, burnt-out ruins, without weariness, without our working conditions, when our forces hadn't been thrown. What is valid documentary? In the long struggle, who transmits the diaspora? Kolia, the future Ivan, David, my future husband, pick up the receiver. Real children on a peacetime morning before ruin, no sequence of dust, fire, smoldering, ash, just back to morning, the June of everything. Where in the flame does a film stop time? Eight morning is the time of midnight, artificial day. Some of my earliest memories are film memories, confused with facts. During the 1940s, the confusion or juxtaposition between living truth or acting life, always a part of the double and paradoxical nature of moviegoing, involved a guilty reading effect for American children whose fathers were away fighting as opposed to traveling in Europe, Africa, the South Pacific. Murder with clock striking cat, scurrying woman screaming. Historical or geographical accident isolated us from the cold reality of mud and hunger. We were spectators chewing popcorn in a second darkness out of daylight, looking at film, fact, on one side of the screen, not the other sides of oceans. Superimposition of Time, Cinema Time, Immediate Time A film you love when you are young is never what you know you saw. Apparently cinema helps to reduce the distortion between a dear father and a dead father It's a scene of horror the camera returns to never the daughter But we are lucky in fact space is imaginary During the 1940s children in Cambridge, Massachusetts Went to the University Movie Theater on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We saw newsreels, cartoons, previews of coming attractions, and a double feature. We didn't talk. We divided the crime from the scene of it. 9. Acts and Monuments. In wartime, zoo animals get scarce. Human destiny in the space of money. This world of fatherlands is covered in wounds. Subjects await their colonists. Trying to escape being crushed by a propeller, I was searching for someone else. A wing flew open, the image through death. All the war in the non-acted cinema. Bomber, submarine, battleship, night attack, firebomb, infantry, torpedo, doodle, bug, kamikaze. The camera may move along the sidewalk. It's still a picture. Gestapo, Himmler, Hitler, Goring, Bambi. Tarzan, Jane. What Eurydice? Love is illusory. Can I piece the falling together? David or Ivan? Oh, it's you. Banished from the land of children. 10. The negative of time. Dear Bay and Bill, your nice long letter came today, Bay. You asked about the country here. It is bleak and barren. It is real desert with none of the mountains we had around Oxnard. However, it is good country for flying, and the weather is great. There are amazing sunrises. I think New Mexico is famous for them. The sky is full of bright colors orange, pink, and green. It is really amazing. We take off in the morning as soon as it is light and it is a very dramatic sight. Last week my instructor and three of us cadets took a cross country to Dallas, Texas for navigation practice. Dallas is about 500 miles away. Cross country trips like that are a lot like a cruise in a boat. Of course, a cruise would be nicer. But when we get into bigger airplanes and they have a range of thousands of miles, which they can travel in a relatively short time, it will be better.